0: For speed, down production, take one.
1: Beautiful people out there in podcast land. My name is Paul Workman. I'm Zach
2: McCoy. And it is your boy, Trev.
1: And we are your Oscar grouches. And welcome back to the City Podcast Thursday show, Acting Direct, where we are taking a look at the films of Oscar-winning actors who also directed. And what are we watching this week, Zach?
0: We are on George Clooney, and we're watching... <laughs> <laughs> right on <outside. laughs> <We're> top. <just laughs> we're on we are, his, we're on him <laughs> his first film confessions of a dangerous mind it's about zany game shows sneaky cia business and clooney's admiration of sam rockwell's ass
2: <laughs> that is whole true a
0: lot of whole lot of rockwell whole ass. Lot in, of ass. Yeah. in fact leanne walked in about
1: 30 minutes into the movie and the first <laughs> scene she walked into sam rockwell's ass was out she was like Oh, there's just Sam Rockwell's ass. I was like, yeah, it's, it's like the fourth time I've seen it. I was going to say,
2: <laughs> she walked into that being the first scene, and we started it with that being the first scene. So, you know, yeah. it, it's like she didn't miss anything. <laughs> yeah.
1: All right. This Is everybody's first time watching Confessions of a Dangerous Mind? Absolutely. Yes. And no, for me, uh, I was working at Movie Scene the local movie shop when Mm -hmm. it was released on dvd and i rented it yeah
2: so but it's been 15 years
1: 20 20 oh yeah yeah, 2002
2: so 2003 maybe yeah probably the
1: summer of 2003 would be my guess because that would be when i dropped out of college and started working at movie scene for the next like seven eight months
2: now do you remember your feelings on it when you first saw it
1: Oh, I thought this was incredible. I okay, hadn't hadn't seen anything quite like it at the time, and it was before Sam Rockwell really blew up. And the only thing I really knew him from at this point was as Guy in Galaxy Quest. But this was the <laughs> this was the movie where I learned Sam Rockwell's name, and I was like, "That's saw he's lives. one of my guys now." Yeah, <laughs> yep.
2: and that. And I'm not going to give my ranking on it, but I just thought that was funny you saying that because my letterbox review was, I can tell this was really good when it came out. I just got that (laughs) feeling watching it. It's like, (laughs) I could tell when it came out, it was an A-plus movie. I just didn't feel like it aged well, and we'll get into that. But
1: We will get into
2: that. What else are we getting into, Mr. (laughs) Workman?
1: Uh, I would do an Oscar breakdown, but there isn't one.
2: Mm.
1: Uh, they put this out on December 31st, 2002 to try to garner Oscar attention and got none. Dang. So. I
2: mean, it- this is a rated R film, right? Yeah. I feel like, I don't know, may- maybe I'm crazy saying this and don't know what the hell I'm talking about. But I feel like it's hard to garner Oscar um, pull with a rated R movie, maybe. No. No.
1: no. Uh, hold on. Let me... I don't think this was, like, Gangs of New York is nominated for Best Picture oh, yeah, this year. Too. That's a very R-rated film. A very uh, r It was a pianist,
2: <laughs> one of them. That's a hard R. I
1: think the pianist might have been a PG-13. I think hmm. the hour, like, I think this is a very PG-13 year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean, we're coming off of... Humbly Whatever we're coming fight. off of,
0: I think the Oscars isn't so afraid of R's by this point anymore. I Yeah, mean, this, this doesn't seem Silence to be... Silence of the Lambs. <laughs>
1: Yeah, this is a this is a very weak year to kind of prove my point about R ratings. I mean, Adaptation wins a couple of awards about Schmidt's mm-hmm. in the categories, but 99 was American Beauty, 2000 was Gladiator. They're they're not afraid of R films. Mm.
0: Yeah. Well, but Adaptation you yeah. got Charlie Kaufman in there already, so
1: mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Nicholas Cage being uh,
0: nominated as Charlie and his fictional twin brother Donald yeah, it looks like it did win a couple of things or nominated for a couple of things. A silver Bear, yeah. I'm not familiar. A golden Bear is that that's oh. the Berlin Film Festival, right? Is that what that is? Silver Bear, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Sam Rockwell got the Silver Bear nomination. Slooney got the Golden Bear nomination for directing. Kaufman got a Critics' Choice Movie Award nomination for screenplay. But yeah, I, I think ad-
1: adaptations is much better film from the
2: year. Yeah. think it's weird to me that george clooney is nominated for anything when it comes to directing to be quite frank with you not that he sucks but he just doesn't do anything award-worthy in my opinion like
1: we'll get into that more as we go along but Mm. like in 2002 i i at least wanted rockwell to get nominated for this i don't know if i wanted clooney but i would have preferred him in the category above Stephen Daldry for the hours, mm. it's a, a film I do not like. Yeah,
2: and I yeah. believe. um Well, I'll keep this because I don't want to spoil it. Okay. We continue <laughs> on our journey, so I'm gonna All keep right. that thought. But um, I do gotta say that Drew Barrymore is just so damn adorable. I love I've, her. I've never felt like she was sexy. Like I've never mm. been. She's so hot, she's so sexy type of thing. She has always just been absolutely adorable. You
1: know, I watched this movie with Joe and like when Drew Barrymore pops up, I I said almost exactly the same thing you did. I was like, I've never been attracted to Drew Barrymore like ever once in my life. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's just because I grew up on uh et and cat's eye and i just kind of see her as the little girl from et and cat's wow. eye <laughs> but
2: girl that believed it was a real e. alien.
1: Uh i don't i don't know if it's just her face doesn't do it for me i don't know she, but
2: could it be that she, she was married to tom green <laughs> did that ruin no, it for
1: you because it, it was before it was you know in the 90s she she was doing stuff like uh God, was it? She wasn't. Was it was Poison Ivy. Poison Ivy was met? the
0: name of the movie. Yeah. See. Yeah. Yeah. Now, okay. Drew well, Barrymore was probably my first celebrity crush, so I'm a little outside of that.
2: That's crazy.
0: You guys like? Yeah. But yeah, the bad was it? Bad girl, not bad girls or whatever that like that. The western movie they did, and yeah. the Poison yeah. Ivy stuff. I I watched some of that stuff when I was a teenager, when she was like the troubled and sexy. <laughs> Um
2: coquette, just say yeah, well, it. Trying, she, yeah.
0: trying to shed the child actor image. Yeah,
1: for, and, and dealing with the the horrible things that child actors go through. Yeah. And yeah.
2: Right, right.
0: Still go through. But yeah, I mean maybe even I, more
2: so now than even back yeah,
0: then. Yeah. But even my crush yeah. was still more of a gosh, she's so cute, never like a raging hotness kind of crush. Right. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. She's she's I like her um
2: and it's so crazy it's it's weird seeing going back and watching these old movies with her because i love her in so many films um she's still my favorite adam sandler um co-star like yeah i just i like that pairing more than his other co-star pairings but i don't know if you guys have ever seen her show that she has now her talk show the,
1: the talk show no and it's I just haven't. so
2: cringe it is terrible she's terrible at it it's, <laughs> she does so many cringy things and i
0: see some of it pop up on TikTok. i think they're I, so bad
2: yeah i'd be seeing I, I, the TikTok I, clips it's so bad it's like her trying I to want, be hip with her children i feel like yeah. that's what the talk show is
1: i do want me and joe to become big enough on TikTok with shark dressmen to end up on somewhere like the drew barrymore show though yes
2: well, you know, with, um, with Ellen no longer being a thing, you know, there's one, one less show for a shark dressman to yeah. show up on.
1: I guess, I guess if I get my choice, I'm, I'm putting it out into the world. I want to be on Kelly Clarkson's show. I was going to say, you got
2: weird, Kelly. I do have
0: a weird crush on her.
2: <laughs> yeah. I've always, especially when she went her little rock route for a little bit.
0: Mm. Did yeah. you putting on that black eyeliner.
2: Yeah. Get it, yeah.
0: <laughs> um, I'm fine with this. Yes. Also got crushes on Sam Rockwell, because he's but been in like, oh, a weird way because of yeah, his that, talent. That's he's, a man
1: crush for sure. Yeah. He's
0: that, cute in a homely way or whatever. Definitely
1: you know. not in that, this film, though. That dude can do no wrong, though. Like, the movie could be the absolute worst, and he's still just 100% present. Iron Man 2, moment. for instance. Just... Oh, my God. Him and Iron Man 2. He is the best part of Iron Man, yeah, man 2. Yeah, easily. Well, the the fact that half of the movie he has bronzer on his hands <laughs> is such an informed character vision. And I love it.
2: That's what yes. happens. Uh,
1: they need to bring him back. I hope he's in Armor Wars. Mm. I hope he's uh, in that. Or I hope I he's in Thunderbolts. I haven't seen anything about
2: that. So, you know, they can't wait to tell you who they got in their movies. So.
1: Yeah. Mm. And, and I mean, they're. They're saying it's still a thing. They're turning it into a movie instead of a TV now, yeah. show. So that's, yeah, that's that's the news I got on that. <laughs> but he's amazing. He's even amazing in the 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 original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie.
2: Oh, absolutely.
1: Mm. <laughs> well, this yeah, film. Let's talk, let's talk about this movie.
2: I'll be honest, guys. I really don't have much to say about this <laughs> film. <laughs> You know, it just well, didn't connect with me at all. I I think what's his name, the guy that he's playing,
1: uh, Chuck Barris. Chuck, Chuck Barris.
2: Barris, bro, that dude's a fucking nut job. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, point blank. I don't. Nothing about the film is believable.
0: Isn't Chuck Barris in the um in the film? Like, he have an appearance or something? I saw him on the cast he, list.
1: Yeah, he pops up at the very end.
0: Yeah, because he's alive. Uh, He he was alive when the movie was. Yeah, yeah. And when you say nothing about the film's believable, Trav, that's, that, I kind of appreciate the way the movie's presented because his autobiography may or may not be true. At one point he was like, yeah, I really did work for the CIA. CIA denied it. I don't know if they can ever actually say.
2: (laughs) But why would he work for the CIA? Like, that's what I mean. It's it's, it's not a, it's. (laughs) It's not a, it may or may not be true. It's not fucking true. Like, Why would this guy with no, with no skill sets work for the CIA? It just, right. no, nothing about this makes.
0: But maybe he thought he did. Maybe he thought he did. Because uh, there's one point in the 80s where he said, no, I, I just made that up. But then he went back on it. Right. And never like recanted until his death. He never said, oh, I was just making that shit up. He, he kind of went back and said, maybe I did. So the movies, like part of it's a fever dream and the, all the CIA stuff is kind of like dreamlike the, the cohesive yeah. storylines don't really mesh, but I, I feel like maybe it's a directing decision to kind of make it seem like, is he imagining this shit while he's like <laughs> freaking yeah. out? And that's what I wasn't yeah. really a fan of. Mm
2: was it feels this really really disconnected. It almost seems like we're seeing two different movies meshed together.
0: A little bit.
1: I, I I could see that being the point. I I could see that happening if if Charlie Kaufman had more creative decisions in the film where he Kaufman said that Clooney changed too much in the script. Mm. Uh, and he didn't connect with this movie either. He doesn't like this movie. Okay. Um, and I could see like if he was maybe not a director at the time because he hadn't started directing yet, but mm-hmm. if he if he worked a little more closely, if someone like Spike Jones right. or uh Michel Gondry, who directed other films of his, had done this film, that he that disjointedness would feel a little more intentional. Yeah. I I don't think Clooney had the touch to make them feel disjointed yet cohesive.
0: Yeah, I agree with that.
2: So, so what's the background story on how this... They even decide to sink money into making this movie. So apparently
1: Kaufman writes the script. Uh, this is pretty much his follow-up to being John Malkovich. Right. Which is a masterpiece. For, yeah. yeah. Uh, and... He he almost got it made, and I'm glad that this didn't happen because I feel like the movie would have been 10 times worse. He almost got it made by Brian Singer,
2: God. <laughs> your favorite
1: <laughs> horrible human being, and uh, another horrible human being to star in it, Johnny Depp. Mm. So, we dodged instead the of, of Sam
2: Rockwell, it would have been Johnny Depp.
1: Yeah, but once uh, apparently the producers who were backing that version of it Uh backed out. Mm. So the funding got lost and then Clooney decided, Clooney, who was going to play his role in that version as well, decided he was going to direct it. And the only person he wanted to be in the film was Sam Rockwell.
2: Nice. So Clooney was already in on the other film. Same character.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So he would have. He would have gotten probably a larger payday, or right. maybe even still got the same payday. Who knows if he was just in the other movie, and instead he he moved over here and he convinced like Julia Roberts, Andrew Barrymore to yeah, work for Scale, and uh, he got the cameos from Brad Pitt and Matt Damon <laughs> for free. Now so, I, on.
2: no, I I was just gonna intercept to say I do think Clooney's a good guy. Like every time I see him in interviews, like you can just tell he's a good guy. Yeah. But
1: <laughs> yeah, apparently, apparently <laughs> one time he fist fought David O. Russell because David O. Russell was talking to someone the wrong way. <laughs> how
2: how did George Clooney become such a household name? Because when I look at his filmography, I'm like, this e. dude has done yeah, e. nothing though. ER. <laughs> okay.
1: Yeah. But he's so, done
2: nothing like
1: so. So George Clooney was in the greatest movie of all time, Return of the Killer Tomatoes. Uh, then he got into Roseanne, which is. But he wasn't where he...
2: even George Clooney yet with Return of the Killer Tomatoes, right? Yeah. like he wasn't a name name.
1: No, Mm-mm. no, same. No, he was just he was just a cute no. young actor. I, I, I'm just trying to give you kind of a right, timeline. right, right.
0: So in the 80s, was he in, late 80s, was early he in 90s? Snow Globe Show. I can't remember. Snow no. Globe Show. No. Uh, Saint Elsewhere. Was he in Saint uh, Fire? Was okay. he in something before ER? <laughs> no, I can't remember.
2: <laughs> Much better than the ER. But he was I'll on Rose.
1: He played Roseanne's boss at the factory mm-hmm. she worked at before uh, her character left the factory, and they started the uh, the loose meat sandwich restaurant because that's what they <laughs> served in Roseanne's loose meat sandwiches, which are amazing. <laughs> um, uh, so he was on there for a couple of seasons at least, and then kind of toiled away in a few things, and then got. And then ER started in ninety four, mm-hmm. and he was the like the lead. On that's ER. when he became
0: the sex symbol, and
1: yeah. You know. So that's when he became the household name, and then then he started doing films like The Peacemaker and Batman and Robin. One fine was day, the so <laughs> best <laughs> Batman
0: film.
2: Do do you consider him a television star or a movie star?
0: Television star that became a movie star.
2: Well, you know, yeah, I, I, I feel like sometimes it's hard to make that it's actually not sometimes 99% of the time you don't make that transition.
1: Yeah. And, and him being him making so much of his name off of television in a time where television was considered like the minor leagues.
2: Right. It
1: is impressive that he did make that transition and not only did he do it well, but he was very successful.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Um I'm sure I sound snooty saying I um you know to me, George Clooney of the nineties was like, yeah, he's fine, whatever. But once he started um doing a serious film, like, out with Soderbergh all the time. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I know Star- South Park spoofed him with the smug and uh, Siriana yes. uh, win, <laughs> yes. but that, that
1: movie, he
0: was incredible in that movie. And I, I, I'm fully behind him winning his Oscar for that. And, you know, um, but it's, it's real funny that, that they would that they would
1: lampoon him so much for being so smug when he was one of the celebrities like in the South Park era c- celebrities would try to get on the show and they'd be like okay if you want to be on the show you're going to be the dumbest thing in the episode mm-hmm. and like they try to make Jerry Seinfeld a turkey and <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld was like no I'm not going to play a turkey George Clooney came in and played the voice of Stan's gay dog <laughs> In the movie, like no, in the show,
2: but wasn't he in the movie too? He was Maybe in the longer movie, uncut? yeah,
1: yeah, he was one of the doctors in the movie, but on the TV <laughs> show in the first season, he plays Stan's gay dog. Like, if, yeah. if anything, that just shows to me that he's he's not as smug as most people make. I, de- I definitely yeah.
2: never mistook him for being smug ever. I, if you see him ever in an interview, just talking about life and stuff you'll see that this is a genuine guy and and there's nobody more smug than jerry seinfeld as much as i love seinfeld (laughs) it it doesn't come more smug than jerry seinfeld you want to talk about an ego (laughs) so
1: hard to disagree
2: but i don't know man i just kind of i don't want to sit here and shit on george clooney or anything but i just really look at his full filmography obviously not just as directing but all these films he's been in and i'm like even anything good that i like it's the cast that is around him it's never
1: mm. george
2: clooney mm. yeah
1: and, mm. and i i think we kind of underestimate how big oceans 11 was in 2001 oh yeah. i
2: love all the ocean movies oh except yeah, for the wonderful. last uh, the female one was i don't know i'm calling it the female <sighs> one but it's ocean it just was eight okay
1: it was fine but it was really one of those things it should have been its own thing Uh, yeah they they shouldn't have tried to tie it to oceans Eleven. well you know
2: what that's what they do because yeah they they want to do these women franchises but for some reason don't think women can hold their own franchise so they loop it into another franchise and then it's complete ass cakes and then they blame the woman for it, but it's like, no, you just made a horrible movie <laughs> and made all the <laughs> wrong decisions.
0: Right. Yeah. I think this this movie right here is kind of a, it's a transitional period of Clooney's career. Um, I don't want to get too far ahead other than mention, you know, have you seen Michael Clayton, Trav?
2: Is that a movie? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: no, I watched that oh, for the Trav. first time thanks to the Best Picture series podcast and Draft. It's called, put,
2: Michael, put, Clayton? Okay, yeah. called it. Michael Clayton. Okay, I Called
1: Michael Clayton. Two thousand. Put it at the very top of your list. That film. Well, I mean, you had me a le-
2: legal thriller with Tilda. Mm,
1: mm-hmm. so. And Tilda is Tilda's amazing in it, and she won her Oscar for it. Yeah. Okay. Well, there
2: you
1: go. It's amazing. Yeah. Check Tom it Wilkinson out. is Tom Wilkinson is <laughs> unhinged in that
0: film. Two redheads giving him anyway. <laughs> You'll know it when you know it.
2: Oh you no, know, you'll know it. I knew it. <laughs> if, if we just get, if I gotta stop looking at his filmography because I just right. keep looking at it and going, "This is ass. This is yeah, ass." Yeah, and, and I'll
1: ass. I'll keep going off about every movie I've I've seen. So many George Clooney movies. I even <laughs> yeah. watched that new one with him and Julia Roberts.
2: Oh, I'm oh. Watch, I'm waiting for. I don't know what I'm waiting for, but what's it called? I'm in no rush. Let me just say that. Like god, I, I love Julia Roberts, but
1: I wanted something light and breezy to watch, and I watched it and I was like, how how am I still bored by this? <laughs> mm.
0: Well, I better pull us back to Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. You're right. Um, yeah, let's talk about this movie Chuck, a little at least a little. Chuck Barris, it uh, uh, seemed like like Trav said a bit of a oddball at the least, but the fact that he created the dating game what uh the New other one in newlywed between game. that newlywed game and the Gong Show? That, that's uh, those are some iconic things.
2: But yeah. here's my thing: he lies so much. <laughs> did he really create them? <laughs> or did he stole stole the idea from, from somebody from else? Did he capitalize <laughs> off Penny. of somebody's stuff and was Stolen just in the Penny. right place at the right time and took credit Probably. for it? Yeah, that's
1: that's also a possibility. But they're also like. They're such simple ideas. I was that literally they just like,
2: about to say, it, they don't take like a rocket scientist to come up with this. Yeah,
1: yeah, they feel like the kind of ideas where, where if you're just sitting around on a Saturday night <laughs> watching something else, you'd be like, hey, man, what if what if instead of this, we were watching a show where people were trying to pick their dates, but they couldn't see them? <laughs> and,
2: the, and the dating game's cool, but people took that concept and made... A lot cooler game shows out of that concept. Mm. So like
1: MTV's single out Bro,
2: I was about to bring up <laughs> single out because I know you just watched all a boy meets world. I've seen I show the girls boy meets world. I fucking love when they put that in there when Eric Matthews is on it. So
1: my favorite part of that is him and Chris Hardwick sitting face to face. He's like, some people say we look alike. Uh, yeah. I, I <laughs> yes. don't see it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh man but yeah for me it's just really hard to talk about this film because it just seems really this conjointed for me yeah and again if maybe in 2002 this is actually a really good movie i'm you know what after watching a lot of these early 2000 films i'm starting to see that i feel like film took a little bit of a down coming out of the nineties and into early digital filmmaking. And it could be because we also watched it on Pluto TV, mm. but it just doesn't even look that good. Like I can't look at it and go, it's the cinematography yeah, like, is good. Like there's nothing about that film that makes me go. Yeah. Well, this was really good.
1: I don't think the cinematography is terrible per se, but yeah. they do make some choices now where I'm like, I must have just really been looking for some art when I
0: was when I was 18, because yeah, <laughs>
1: this isn't this isn't hitting
0: me right now. There there are some some angles or whatever that just were like needless that, you know, let's just shoot it this way because we can or maybe, you know, the light needs to hit Sam's ass a little differently. Let's. Oh.
1: <laughs> but I think I think the real straightforward stuff when when it's a, when it's him in his normal life is actually quite. Quite well shot.
0: Yeah. I don't like whatever filter they put on the interviews with the people who knew him. Like, no, they they're yeah, so yeah. washed out. Like when dick, dick Clark popped this? up on screen at the beginning, it was like, why is Dick Clark so white? <laughs> That's that early 2000s trying to take a picture of your dick with your camera and it flashes on. <laughs> That's a dick pic.
2: That's a dick pic. You want to see a dick pic? <laughs> That's a dick pic.
0: Uh oh yeah i you know i'm a huge fan of charlie kaufman and um you saying talking about Clooney taking the creative control and kaufman not really liking the film no i was trying probably harder to like the film because of who was involved than i was actually actually enjoying it um i don't hate it but it's i didn't love it either so that's kind of where i'm standing with it does this movie
2: have any rewatch value for y'all
1: Honestly, uh, I haven't watched it in eighteen, seventeen years, however long it's been. I, I don't I know. I had no rewatch value
2: then apparently. So it definitely don't know. <laughs>
1: I, I but I mean I'm not a person who tends to re watch movies often. And when I have when I have access to films the way I do now, especially, I just don't I don't revisit a lot of things. Yeah. And I I think starting this podcast was kind of a reason to just go back and do that. Like I just want to revisit films and have an excuse to do it because I won't do it on my own.
0: I think there are two ways I would, if I were like, I need to personally want to watch all Charlie Kaufman's writing stuff, then I would watch it again. Just, you know, as part of that. Or if I were like picking 10 drew Barrymore films, maybe this would include because there's not a whole lot of, Great art that she's in. Uh, yeah, um,
1: because you you get a lot of, like, never been kissed at Donnie Darko, which is dang. not great, just terrible films. Stick for Donnie Darko. Need, we, I, I was going to say,
2: we don't even take shots at Donnie Darko. Okay. Uh, I
1: Paul's will take every, every single... To... I will find any excuse Newport to news his own Richard Darnie Kelly. Darko. Right. That's right. <laughs> Fuck him. <laughs> a guy who's never made a good film.
0: <sighs> but no, there, there's not a... You know, I was struggling kind of to watch it, like you said, Pluto TV. That didn't help with the ads and things, and oh an God, insane they, amount
2: of ads. I felt and
0: like. uh, I paused <laughs> and, and don't tried have, to come back.
1: <laughs> they don't have like a rhyme or rhythm to their ad breaks either. They just happen in the middle of sentences. Right. And yeah. I get it.
2: I get why they do. That. There's a couple podcasts that are like that, where literally in the middle of somebody's sentence, an ad will pop up because they're automatically inserted through their hosting thing. So. Yeah. I get Pluto TV is like it's free. We're not gonna take the time, like Peacock takes the time to find a spot to put in an ad. But,
1: but Tubi does. Tubi's <laughs> free. I will <laughs> I will sing Tubi's praises all day, every day. Tubi. Tubi, Tubi Tubi very specifically lets you know when the ad break is coming and picks the spot to put the ad break. So
2: you know what, and, So does Plex.
1: Yeah. So get on it, Pluto TV.
2: And that's so you can hit mute, because them ads come in strong, <laughs> boy. They are insanely loud. They, they come in like the
1: THX sound. <laughs> yeah.
0: <sighs> Grubhub.
2: <laughs> but yeah, uh, this movie just doesn't mm. do anything to me. It's a, To me, it's a rough start to the George Clooney experience.
1: Mm. I, I personally think we peak next week, but that's probably Woo! giving away a little too much. <laughs> the what? I said I think we peak next week, but that's probably giving away a little peak? too much.
0: Well, if anyone's listening to the main series, uh Best Picture, they know your feelings about that film. But indeed, they probably do. They should go back and listen to the two thousand five. What was that? Crash? <laughs> yeah, it lost a crash. Mm, it lost a crash. <laughs> but we'll talk about that next time.
2: I know, I just can't wait to talk about Jeff Daniels, to be honest with you. Bring on next
1: mm-hmm. week. Oh, believe me. And good old J- David Strathairn, but mm, we get ahead of ourselves. All right, let's get into our worsty judgments. Yeah. All right, so we're starting our George Clooney rankings, I guess. So Yeah. Trav, this is mm. a weird question to start with. Where's the sitting on your Clooney rankings?
2: Um, Dead last, you know, and uh, I could see it remaining there. I gave this a two and a half star, and I felt like mm. that two and a half star was generous. And I gave it two and a half because I felt like maybe 20 years ago, it wasn't as bad as it is now. Um, but if I really ranked it off of my true feelings on it, probably... I, I sound like such an asshole, but probably a one and a half star <laughs> to be honest with you. Like yeah. this movie's just not good, and it took me three different attempts to finish this film. And it, like Zach said, that the one hundred and fifty nine second twenty ads that they have <laughs> through this thing definitely doesn't help this movie yeah. at all because it so, clocks
0: um, in under two hours. But with, um, but goes, it was really like two, two and 15. a half.
2: With those with and, those ads. It's, it's and I'll
0: it's, say that's the one thing I
1: love about Pluto is that when they give you the runtime of the movie, they give you the runtime with how with ads. Ads. many ads yeah. there are. So an a half hours plus worth of ads.
2: Gotta love it. All
1: yep. right, Zach, where's it sitting on your Clooney ranking?
0: Well, sadly it's the booty cheeks on the bottom. Um, but i I was a little more generous. I gave it three and a half stars because I at least uh I saw some potential in what they were trying to do and I'm probably being kind to the, the, uh, parties involved cause you know, I love Barrymore. I love Rockwell, Clooney and Kaufman. And it's like, I wanted to like the movie more than I did. Um, and I was reading some of the, like the, I was looking for lines and quotes and, um, <laughs> there's some, some good lines occasionally, but it doesn't work out to a good script. So I I have to say it's probably one of my least favorite Kaufman works. Unfortunately. Um, yeah, three and a half stars, but it is the booty cheeks for now.
1: What about you, Paul? Well, unlike you guys, this is the number one on my list. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think it's the best Clooney we've seen so far. Um, uh, Rockwell definitely rocks this movie. Well, Mm. um, I'm also giving it like three and a half stars. I haven't ranked it on letterbox yet, but three and, a mm. half, three and a half. feels like where I'm sitting on it. Mm. Mostly because I think it's interesting. I think the ideas are there, I think the performances are all there. I just it's like Trab keeps like it's not a cohesive film, it's mm-hmm. very muddy and um mm-hmm. uh, like I was I was watching this with Joe, and as I said, Leanne came in like 20-30 minutes into the movie and the two of them were so checked out, uh we paused it at one point so that so that uh we could eat dinner in the living room with uh our younger son. And uh neither of them cared to even ask to finish the movie. Neither of them were <laughs> like, Oh my god, I gotta see how this ends. Right,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even the Joe ending was like, sucks. Could...
2: We didn't even talk yeah, about the, the ending. The ending sucks.
0: Yeah, it's not great. I'm thinking about the the last lines were interesting. I like the the closing lines.
1: I like that the closing lines are done over Chuck Barris himself. Yeah. Uh, the whole, like, I want to create the old show and people sit around and talk about mm-hmm. what they've accomplished and what they've done in their life. And the winner is whoever doesn't blow <laughs> their brains out.
0: Yeah, I do like how that's bookend by the beginning of the movie talking about feeling your life is useless if you haven't. You know, if you're not the Gem- Dimaggio or the Einstein or whatever, yeah, mm-hmm. and they end the movie with that blow your brains out if you haven't achieved the greatness that you sought yeah, after in so, life.
1: So I, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of pieces that I can still appreciate and I still enjoy, but I would I would love to be able to go back to when I was 18 or 19 and saw this for the first and and watch it through those eyes again to see to see what I saw. Yeah, but because I, I don't. I didn't see it on this rewatch
2: (laughs) Mm. (laughs) I think there's
1: a fine movie there but I I, I'm telling you 2003 when I first saw this I thought this was like one of the 10
0: best films. cash money
2: and this is I think just because you're a great actor and I do think George Clooney is a I don't think he's a great actor but I do think he's a good actor but and I think he's only gotten better you know as he's aged but it doesn't mean that you're going to be a good director and you don't see DiCaprio out there directing films. You don't see Tom Cruise directing films. I'm trying to think like big stars here. Like they know their role and they know what they really shine at and directing probably isn't it. And you know, as we go on, I just got a feeling that I'm going to feel that way about Clooney that directing just isn't where he shines because it he it doesn't shine in this movie at all
0: guess we'll find out yeah all right well we're going to call it
1: there today
2: today uh,
1: baby. today today all right and Trav, you want to let people know where they can find you on the media um, social
2: i think i do i think i do i am on the instagram at zk audio i'm on the twitter at T-R-A-V-I-O-S-Z-K, where I'm also on Letterboxd, ranking and rating my daily movie watches. You can listen to me be annoying every Tuesday on the Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks podcast. Mm-hmm. And, of course, I'm here on Thursdays. Mr. McCoy?
0: Hi, you can find me on Critiker, Zackmaster, X A K K M A S T R, TikTok at House Havoc, where you can see me throwing pillows in the tree. And by searching for my name. Mr. Workman. Uh, You can follow me on TikTok at sharkdressedmen, where Joseph
1: Tappy and I are covering shark-related content. Got some interesting stuff coming up soon. Mm. Uh, You can follow me across the platforms of Twitter and Letterboxd at Father of the Fear. Letterboxd, I am ranking and rating my movies as well. I got to see two things I'm going to talk about this week um number one has everybody watched zen grogu and dust bunnies yeah the studio G- ghibli lucas film team up
0: i uh, meant to i will have yeah. by the time this episode comes out well look i was saying i just only warn three you, minutes
2: don't look down because <laughs> you'll miss it
0: <laughs> it's only three
1: minutes <laughs> it's but only it three is minutes, then. cute and i loved it
2: it was cute uh, and i saw your ranking of it and really the i love a good short don't not get me wrong I just think it's too short. It's just, it's too short. Mm.
1: It's everything that it promised it would be. It uh, because it was a good, no promise? Because it was <laughs> like, been, here it is. Well, that's <laughs> the <laughs> thing,
2: man. When they showed it off, you know, three days, because they only showed this thing like three or four days ago before yeah. it dropped. So there wasn't anticipation. It was like, hey, this is what we got. Oh, shit, it's coming out tomorrow. But
1: No, they did the teaser two days before it came out. They announced what it was the day before it came out, and then it came out. And it dropped. Out.
2: So, I mean, Mm, of course, I'm like, oh, shit, I can't wait for this. Two of my favorite things ever. And, you know, I was just, I was expecting seven minutes. And I I know maybe somebody's thinking, well, what's the difference? But in a short five extra minutes, you can really.
0: Yeah, that's twice as much.
2: (laughs) Yeah, you know what I mean? So I was hoping for seven minutes and they only gave us three. And that was a little (laughs) disheartening for me.
0: I'm sorry, Paul, but that's what she said. Yeah. <laughs> no, also, not.
2: we completely just hijacked your thing. What was the second film that you saw? No,
1: it's fine. Uh the other one I watched is Netflix is Wendell and Wild.
2: Oh, I watched it tonight.
1: So wonderful. I love that film so much.
2: I th- I think I need to rewatch it to uh, maybe I just wasn't in the right mood it's- tonight. I enjoyed it but i didn't love it i love that soundtrack though what a fire ass! oh fucking hell right
1: <laughs> yes oh my god bad brains fish bone yeah. death like
2: and also great- anytime key and peel get back together for something sign me up
1: yeah and and peel co co-wrote this based on uh henry Selleck and mm-hmm. clay mcleod chapman's book uh uh Somewhere around this room, I have a signature from Clay
0: McLeod Chapman Ooh. that I got 20 years ago. It's a we'll we... huh. boy 20 years ago. It's a boy 20 years ago.
2: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and I was, I was doing things. watching George I, I was... Clooney, reading books.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I watched George Clooney
1: after I dropped out of college, and I met Clay McLeod Chaplin when I was in college. So i will see if I can't find that before we get off. All right, Uh, that's me. That's the things. And uh, Zach, what are we watching next next? week? We are watching.
2: (laughs) That was awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: (laughs) I got excited. Next week we're watching "Good Night and Good Luck," which you can rent on Amazon, Google, Voodoo, or YouTube. I'm very excited.
2: Very too excited.
1: Alright, so with that we would like to thank Trab Trab. hey, thank you so much. Absolutely. Of course, Trab produces our show. Uh, you, we would like to thank Chad Ramsey for our medics, excellent theme song. We would like to thank Megan and Jay Belview for beautiful artwork. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at OscarRistyPod and on Facebook at the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a nice five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. It really helps us to be seen in the all mighty algorithm
0: the algorithm and if you give us uh, five stars uh, I bet you it tastes like strawberries you know what I mean <laughs> so
1: for, for Trav Zach and Mac Hall, who's excellent in this film i oh, like we, you we all not? to have this damn fine day